morning has turned to afternoon. Good afternoon, everyone. But the grind carries on. Not just the grind physically, but the grind mentally. The Midday Grind, featuring a couple of TV jockeys who've also been through the radio wars. Martin Kilcoin. I was a little lit, so I was saying whatever I wanted. And Charlie Marlowe. Our top story tonight, John Jay will be back tomorrow. Here's him getting a hit in 2012. It's the Midday Grind on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. Twelve oh seven in St. Louis. We ran a little over there. Frank even used the. Uh, we're up against it on Biff. Get we, off the phone. We were up against <laughs> it, but we thought we might have been maneuvering to get a free flight to either San Jose or Denver. Yeah, once so that kind of went away, that's when you started pushing to get him off the phone. Yeah. Oh, I what's noticed. that? It's not happening. Yeah, you're, you're breaking up uh, right we now. We gotta go. <laughs> I didn't realize that Doug Vaughn had partaken in the Goldfinger PJ before private jet. Yeah, I remember hearing that. Though Vegas doesn't seem like a town Doug would really enjoy. I don't know. It seems like he didn't say yes to a trip to Columbus or Toledo, but he said yes when they're going to Vegas. Nonetheless, running behind Chuck Marlowe will be here momentarily. Where he was is Chuck? Holding the Blues accountable. Oh. No practice today, and I think at this point you don't need to practice. They just have a little team meeting, a little media availability, and uh, getting the pulse of the team ahead of the Game 7. And if it seems rare... That a team plays and a game seven. We swarmed him. We did. Swarming him. I don't know who they swarmed. We'll find out. Mm. Probably some good swarming going on. But how many times do you think in the history of the Blues franchise have they hosted a game seven? Not many. I saw the stat about when was the last time they hosted one beyond the first round, and it's been a long time since Because the last game seven at home was the Blackhawks, the Troy Brown. The time before that, was it against the Sharks? In when 2000, they, the Owen Nolan the last game one when they blew that? it? Yeah. That's very possible. But in the history of the franchise. Let me guess. I'll say four. Seven. Ah, I was way off. So you're talking about one every seven-ish years you host a game seven in your building. It's basically the math. I think overall they played about 15 or 16 of these. Last game seven they played was Dallas, beating Dallas on the road three years ago. The last home one was three years ago, the Blackhawks game. And I think Hoff is among the many who will be sweating bullets tomorrow night because we could have a really dramatic moment and suddenly Frank's open that has Troy Brower. I don't know. That feels a little dated to me and maybe a little editing. My my response has always been, give me a new moment. So you don't, like the, a, you don't like the Mizzou highlight? Well, give me a new Mizzou football highlight moment. I like this. Not this, much has happened since. The mantra going into the Tuesday game step, first of all, Charles Glenn gave us the great line where he said, I want to sing till the summer. So you got sing till the summer. I think Strick took it last night on TV, Fox 2. We played that clip of Charles Glenn, and I think he said, hashtag do it for Charles or something. Now, give me a new, what did you just say? Give me a new highlight. Give me a new highlight. This is crazy. John Kelly, this is crazy. I love that call. So game seven, blues and stars, as many people did predict. And it's amazing along the way how we lose faith with our own predictions. You know, we'll say, eh, I think I think the Blues are winning seven. And then they're up, you know, let's say they had been up 2-0. Oh, I think they're going to sweep them. And then the series is tied. I don't know. I don't have a good feeling about this. 
and then they're down three two. Like ah, it's over. It is weird. But like, wait a minute, you picked you, them you, to play a seven game series. You get mad as it progresses towards that seventh game. One thousand <laughs> percent. And you end up at game seven like you really thought all along was likely. And then you brag about it too. You brag about I it. I called this. But along the way, you saw, oh, they'll lose tonight. Oh, this series is over. And then they get to seven. Like, yep, just what I thought. How could they lose that game? Why are they down 3-2? Well, you thought it would go this deep, and you thought it would be a seventh game. So it's right on track, actually. It's a big Walt special because it's a seventh game at 7 o'clock. What is today? Tuesday? On May 7th. I'm sorry, Walt. It is not Tuesday. <laughs> the game is going to be on Tuesday. But I think Blues fans are walking around today saying. What is today? Tuesday? Because they can't wait. It's a Tuesday Game seven, looking forward to it. Ben Bishop's health will be a big question going in. Is there momentum from game to game? There hasn't really been. Blues haven't won consecutive games yet this series? Yeah. Is that a concern? But I think if you're Dallas, and this happened in Winnipeg in the game five, granted the circumstances were dramatic. This is crazy! Thank you, John. The comeback that night, and the Blues came home with that momentum, finished them off the Jets in game six. Dallas losing on their home, and it doesn't mean anything in the playoffs, but I don't know. I think that's got to be demoralizing that you're getting back on a plane. So hopefully there is a little bit of a carryover. You got a 4-1 win on Sunday, and Chuck Marlowe joins the conversation. Everything's 20 minutes away from St. Louis. You just came from Enterprise 20 minutes later. He's here. What was the mood of the team, and did you swarm? We swarmed. We had Craig Berube speaking. And then we swarmed him. We got him. I love the breath, by the way, too, in between. And yep. then we swarmed him. <gasps> we swarmed him. We got Gunny, Ooh. swarmed him, swarmed the uh, Tarasenko show, and then Ooh. at the end there, Pat haven't Maroon. Had, haven't heard from Vlad Stewart I know. lately. I'll tell you what. Shout out to the Blues staff, PR staff. They've done, in my opinion, a very good job this series, this postseason, of making everybody available in the sense that you might get four guys after one game, but the next day you'll get a different three or four. And it's basically like we've heard from the entire team throughout this postseason. I think the best soundbite was from Patty Maroon. And I feel like this is also the series of people holding the media accountable. Ooh. I think Frank asked the question a, a couple days back of Bennington. Do you ever think like this is kind of you versus Ben Bishop? And Jordan Bennington said, no, but I know you guys do. Mm. That that we talk about so that the in the media. the media is being held accountable. Right. They've, turned, they've turned the tables on us. Ooh, and so, turvy. listen, Jim Thomas had a great question where – basically saying game seven, distractions, and Pat Maroon kind of said, well, we know you guys are all going to blow it up. I mean, you're going to write a lot of articles, aren't you, Jim? That's our job. And Is we that all kind of laughed. Absolutely. So it was a great soundbite. <laughs> we did the great media chuckle. I don't know if we have it to uh, the extent of Jose What Martinez. was Shingles mentioned at all? Shingles was not mentioned. Okay. Hopefully that will not be a, a factor in game seven or the rest of this postseason. I'm <laughs> waiting on. be a factor after the game. I'm waiting on Hoffman here buying time. Remember buying I had time. Shingles there in late April, May. <laughs> <laughs> Did you ask the Blues why they don't knock down the goalie more often? Because that that was an open net after that. Seems to me that should be a strategy employed every game. Fire the shot, and knock down the, the goalie, goalie out. and then have an open net. How many times does a goalie get hit with the puck and there's nothing to it? I mean, it's very rare the the puck hits the goalie and it actually takes him out. That was one of the in every series. There's kind of moments. Remember Ryan Reeves was blowing the kisses. You always remember oh, yeah. certain things, don't you? Think six games in. That's the moment you remember above every other thing that's happened so far? Yes, because it's also weird. How many times can you remember that happening in the playoffs? It's like when I was driving in. 
Did you ever even hear of in the Kentucky Derby something like this happening? Nope. And then 145 years, it's never happened. No, I know it's not to the extent with what happened to Ben Bishop, but can you remember anecdotally off the top of your head of another situation where a goalie was basically knocked on the ice, they allowed play to continue, and a team scored a goal on that play? And that goalie stayed in. I couldn't believe they let, they let him stay, the and stars. I asked, well, right, that they left him in. Yes. I asked Frank this question, or we discussed it loosely. Because earlier in the series, and we love Ben Bishop, but earlier in the series, Perron, Perron seems to have taken on this role, like I'm going to kind of get in his head or I'm going to knock him around a little bit, where Ben Bishop was accused of being in the Chaminade Theater Department. People were saying, oh, that was embellishing. I wondered if the referees have observed that themselves, and when they first saw him go down, they didn't take it as serious as maybe they should have. And because the ruling, they said, Craig Berube, Jim Montgomery, both, explained after the game, as long as the refs don't think he's seriously injured, they play on. He's got his helmet on. And I just wondered if for a minute it looked like it was a serious injury. I wondered if they thought, oh, no, he's just down again. They didn't take it serious. I think that's 100% a factor. And going back earlier in the series, now whether it's true or not, if you feel like Ben Bishop reacted too much to that hit from David Perron in the back, but also if he doesn't have padding back there. But the question is, if if you think he reacted too much, and that has been a talking point also with Essa Lindell, when those things happen earlier on in a series, don't you think those guys are going to be less likely to get calls if it happens again? Just because it's Correct. it's become yes. a narrative. And I don't and it didn't it it wasn't the case yesterday. I just wondered in the fish if the officials would admit that they for their blink was out oh, he'll be okay. Oh, he's just down. And then actually it did appear to be a serious injury. What a crazy moment. I wasn't sure how the ruling would work because I thought, oh, my God, this is huge. This is crazy. It's 3-1. to one. It's 3-1, which is huge. The dreaded two-goal lead. This is crazy. But as that goal <laughs> goes in, I thought, as a tortured Blues fan, my first thought was, oh, they're going to take it off. I was gonna, thinking that, too. They're going to tell, oh, crap. It's 3-1, to one, and now they're going to take that goal away. Wasn't entirely clear on what the rule was, and there was some debate. Although Jim Montgomery, to his credit, he didn't really whine about it. Just kind of said it's their discretion. And then after that, Sammy scores. Probably because he was in his home state of Texas. He felt very comfortable there. Sure. And in fact, they've sent him back to San Antonio. To stay. And yeah, then they'll recall him tomorrow from San Antonio. We got you a car to drive to San Antonio from here. Uh, If it weren't for that shot that took down Bishop and may have altered the series, because we don't know his overall health. They say he's fine, which means don't believe anything. Yeah, you can never believe anything, especially in the Stanley Cup playoffs, with what a team will tell you. I will say this. When you see it, that it goes off probably the clavicle. And, of course, there's speculation. We're not doctors, but I've heard people wonder, did he break his collarbone? And I broke my collarbone when I was 17. Now, obviously, I'm not a great athlete at all. But I'll tell you this. In... It was uh, snowboarding, actually. Ooh. But it was a... Hold on. You were snowboarding? Yeah. I don't picture that. My senior year of... uh, of high school, nice. but it was a two-month recovery. They put you in this figure-eight clavicle strap that basically it pulls your shoulders back. What I'm trying to say is, could you still drink on the weekends? I could definitely drink. You were underage, Chuck. That would have been against the law. Drink apple juice, orange juice, things like that. If you'd let me finish the story, <laughs> what I'm trying to say is, I remember when I broke my collarbone, anything I did rattled that. Even if you're trying to stay in shape, let's say walking on a treadmill or on a stationary bike, it would kind of rattle that. So. What I'm trying to say is I don't think he broke his collarbone because I don't think he'd be able to play hockey after that. That's just that's just my 
point there. Like now, maybe would, he has a, 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 a bad bruise. I don't know. I would be shocked, is what I'm trying to say, if he broke his clavicle and stayed in the game and then will play in a game set. I remember in the 0-4 World Series when Schilling took the mound, and this was his first start after his bloody sock game. I was really bothered that the Cardinals didn't bunt to the pitcher, try to get him off the mound, see if he can run, and maybe he'd irritate the ankle and you can get him out of the game. Would it be in poor taste early in the game for the Blues? You don't want to run into Bishop necessarily, but what if you bump him a little bit on that shoulder? And if not, or just take, take one hard shot, not even aiming at the net, just try to hit that hit around that area again with the puck. Well, that's the whole reason they don't disclose injuries, right? They don't want people to target, and I don't know how much that really goes on, but the reason they've always said lower upper body, upper body, lower body, they don't want players on the other team to have a sort of edge. Hey, it's competition. There's a lot on the line. If you knew somebody had a shoulder, you might give them a little extra nudge. You're not trying to maim that person, but throw them off their game a little bit. I think 100% more traffic, which to their credit, even a guy like Jaden Schwartz, do you think of him as a guy who spends a lot of time in front of the net? Not historically. These playoffs, he's got eight goals. Five of those are in the third period, so that's clutch. But he's getting a lot of them from up close, which is what they always say this time of year. Just Clean getting it up. The- Get in the traffic, maybe to redirect, deflect a shot. It was a great play by Alexander Steen right after Bishop went down to just kind of turn and throw it at the net. Schwartz redirects it in, but he's sitting in front of the net. I think the idea of getting in a goalie's head, maybe getting a little nudge here there, I think if not Perron, probably Maroon is that guy tomorrow night. And definitely shoot there as well. If you think there's going to be a, a hindrance in him getting up there to try to block a shot, I think you absolutely shoot there. And you saw what Sammy Bleh as well. I think another strong talking point from the media availability today, which has been also a storyline moving forward, which I think is a is a very good one, is just don't you feel like Craig Berube has had the Midas touch with just little tweaks to the lineup? And I think when you're talking about six and seven game series is some of the moves he's made, a lot of them have equaled production right out of the gate. If you think about going back to when they played Fabry and you got some energy, then he scored a goal, the first goal of this series. And you brought in Bortuzzo. Bortuzzo brought some physicality. You moved up Jaden Schwartz to the top line. He's been the top goal scorer in the playoffs for the Blues. Obviously with with Sammy Blay yesterday. And remember when they switched up the power play. They lost that game, but the power play was struggling at at that time. It was one for nine in the series. And they switched Vince Dunn to that top power play unit, and they score a power play goal. So I think also just kind of look at the little tweaks. A lot of them have worked in the Blues' favor of what – Craig Berube has been kind of mixing and matching in this playoffs. I think a continuing theme is that he's not just this tough guy who gets in their grill and gets them out there. They're motivated. They're either afraid of him or they want to play for him. That he is a bit of a tactician. And I don't think we gave him any of that credit early on. And then the Shen move to the top line started to get some of that notoriety. And clearly during these playoffs, even Sundquist gets demoted to the fourth line, has one of his best moments of the playoffs. And I was going to say we need a mea culpa because I always say any lineup changes that we care about because it's always like, well, we might put in McEachern. Like, okay, but any big news? The mea culpa would have been Sammy Blay is one of those moves that gets announced the day of a game and you're like, "Eh, okay, is that a big deal or not a big deal? Well, it was a big deal. He's a fourth-line player typically, but because he put him on the second line, it was a bigger deal. And for the life of me – I'll never understand how he just – the guy hadn't played since March 12th for the Blues. Why that guy at that moment – and it's it's genius because it works. The guy gets a huge goal. 
cements the game at that point. It's over. You can take out Bishop at that point. But why he thought him then, no idea. But it's not our fault because we say lineup changes we care about, which affects the second line or third or first. And look at it like this. Now, in a, in a postseason, I don't think you ever want to sit your superstars. Nobody is saying that. But if you're going to win the Stanley Cup, think about it like this. The Blues will play their 13th game tomorrow so far. To win a cup, you have to play about what? 25, 26, 27 games to win that. So again, you're never going to sit Tarasenko. I'm not saying that, or Ryan O'Reilly. But if you have an older player, I mean, does it not help them to maybe play 25 out of 26 games, right? If you have a player that's more on the fringe, let's say you really love the depth of your 23 guys, and you can kind of give somebody a rest. You can provide some energy with a guy who'll go in there and give you a spark. Doesn't that make sense? Again, if you're going to win the cup, you got to play about 26 games. I don't think these guys should take it personally if they're 35 years old or if they're a fringe kind of fourth-line type guy. They shouldn't take that personally if they sit every once in a while. I think that benefits the entire group. Yeah, what if Barubi said, all right, this is our getaway lineup. Uh, we got to go back to Dallas anyway for game five. <laughs> We're going to go ahead and start Jake. Uh, McEachern's on the top line. I think I'll put Sanford on my second line. There is no equivalent to the baseball uh, Yachty's not playing. Goldschmidt's not playing. Ozuna's not playing. There's no equivalent to that. But I guess the argument, and Strickland said it last night, fresh legs. At this point, if you can find a guy that's just sitting around like that, you throw him in there, may not work, but maybe he's got some fresh legs. And it's funny that it's Sammy Blay because he got our Blay. he Whoop. got the Tui Valala Award for being shuttled back. and We had him living in Tulsa, I believe, at one point because he went back and forth so often. If I could print them all out from Dan O'Neill the great PR man for the Blues. I bet you I have 50 emails from this season alone. I actually checked it. You can go back. Did you? And all and that, you have to do is check and just you can use different words. If you put B-L-A-I-S in your email, all of a sudden a million will come up, and it's just like to San Antonio recall, back. So he actually set a record for most Southwest uh, Rapid Rewards points is that right? accumulated in one hockey season. Wow. Yeah. That's a, that's a record. It's an impressive thing to look at. Uh, game seven, it is on home ice, which for the Blues, we pointed it out, has not been much of a home uh, ice advantage over the last few years. Two and four during this postseason, I would suspect the building, it's going to be jumping. That doesn't mean you're going to win the game. But what do you think the the ticket market would be like? Let's, and you also have Bryce Ooh. Harper in town, by the way, which is kind of fun. Phillies and cards. Well, he could have been in town more often. If I was going to, for the for the wet blankets of the world, <laughs> this is your chance. Bryce Harper, you wanted him in St. Louis. He's here. So I guess you have a portion of your sporting dollars going to baseball. for the Lowest next price on StubHub is $128. There's one ticket available at that price. So you'd go by yourself. Yes. What if I need two? Let's say uh, I'm going to call Chuck Caruso. And, give Chuck the night off. Chuck and I are going to go to the game, hold him accountable. Uh, 125 dollars per. That's a low. If isn't you it? want two tickets, that's that's pretty good right there. No, I'd, I'd go for that. Well, I'm saying that's right, Martin. You can pay. Let's yeah. go. I'm saying that's inexpensive. Don't you think? I do. I wonder by tomorrow. Let's check back tomorrow, and see where that number is. Uh, can you say balls on radio? Well, we 100%. played that clip, so yeah, sure. You can. David Perron said it, and then he apologized. When he was talking, he was asked about Sammy Blay being in the lineup, which still would be cooler if his name was Blaze. That would help. Maybe Pierre Maguire will just start calling him Blaze. It could be like Joe Theismann, Thiesman. Just change your name yes. to make it sound cooler. Don't you think right now, especially, you're scoring 100%. playoff goals, you need to be Blaze. But talking about him being in the lineup, it was David Perron who said, Barubi said, no, he's got balls. And he stopped and said, oh, I'm sorry, I'm French. I don't know what else to say. 
And on the TV side, we debated, do you have to clean that up? I'm like, I don't. Did you air it? We we but Jober tweaked it a little bit. Ah, uh, see, Martin sought my advice. I think he, you can tell uh, the, the way. I know I know you don't like to hear this word, but I didn't. I mean, he's, he's got some balls. He, I think he, you can tell uh, the, the way. I know I know you don't like to hear this word, but I didn't I didn't think of anything else. Sorry, I'm French. Sorry, is, I'm French. What does I'm French have to do? With Sorry, that? I'm French. I think you said I didn't have. The, the vocabulary to come up with a better word for you, but I like I said, sorry, I'm French. Did somebody flinch when he said it? Because it stopped, he kind of stopped his thought and started to explain the word. I'm like, it's fine. And so I did seek your advice. You said, Did leave you it. take my advice? I, Jober, Dave Job, friend of the show. I've heard of him. Jober's Jokes of the Week. They come to you, I think, quarterly now. So. <laughs> He said, I think we just need to beep it. And I said, fine, I don't care. But I. No, come on. The funny man. thing is, we bleeped it. Come on. Or audio tweaked it a little bit in the soundbite. And then we come out live to Zach Choate, who was there for Fox 2 in Dallas. And, and Zach goes, yeah, how about Peruby with some big old brass ones? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, wait a minute. We tried. That's we, awesome. We, we, here on our end, we tried to kind of clean it up a little bit. And then he comes out and says, big old brass ones. I wish I had a camera you know, on Mandy Murphy. It's from Major League Two. Marbles. Marbles. It's you a great marbles. topic. 855-282-8255. Can you say it Listen. on TV yes. or radio? I hate to, to bring up the whole narrative of the wussification of America. But look, we're talking about hockey. This is a sport where they're literally running around hitting each other with their sticks, so right? So what, what sport could you not say ball? Okay, but this is a collision sport with grown men, grown beards, slapping slap shots at each other, injuring one another. David Perron should never have to apologize for that. In the same way, and I'll say this till the end of time, Doug Armstrong should never have had to apologize or take that clip off the air of stick the knife, jam it in the eye socket, and kill them. That was the greatest quote ever. <laughs> we, should, we should relish these quotes. It makes it more fun. <laughs> And look, when you bleep it, it makes the, the viewer at home think it's a really bad swear word. I agree. You know what I'm saying? I, I thought it was fine, but I wasn't looking at our It wasn't a big deal, one way or the other. But then, and it sweeps, baby. Come on. Let's then, generate some buzz. Well, now that just seems like now you're just trying to take advantage of him saying a naughty word. 100%. I mean, he's, he's got some balls. He... Oh, Coming sorry. up next on Fox 2 Sports. I'm sorry, what David Perron had to say. It is rating, so I need to click on Channel 4 occasionally because this is the time of year when they say, watch tonight. Because something out there could kill you. Oh, this is a good one because there's flooding. So they can come up with a really dire flood. All one. you got to say is, if you don't watch, you may die. What happens it if works. the New Madrid Fault has an earthquake during the flooding? And we say, stay tuned. Coming up next, big stuff. Mm-hmm. Does that work? Great stuff. Sure. Uh, text line 855-282-8255. A lot of hockey talk throughout the week leading up to the Game 7. We've also got a Cardinal weekend. Lost weekend great at Great weekend. Great. They played yeah. great. Not so much. They have we'll a good philosophy that. of um, playing really well unless they're on the road against a primary division rival. If you take away their games against the Cubs and Brewers <laughs> on the road <laughs> really this year, <laughs> and I want to point out to Reggie and the others, if you don't count the Milwaukee games or the Wrigley games, this is a really incredible record we have. If you subtract all the home runs allowed, we're a pretty good team. Uh, text in. It's the Triad Bank. Take you to the bank. Text line at 855 282 55, and we'll get into picks to click tomorrow. We'll do more of that. But it is that game seven at seven on the seventh. A lot of people have picked Patty Maroon. A lot of great I didn't sevens. make the connection with the date. Ooh. Yeah, it's seven o'clock on the seventh. 
Game seven. Come on, Chuck. Play along. Put your money and he'll in. He'll score. Patty Maroon seven scores times. With seven seconds Ooh. left on the clock. One of those cleanup uh, Troy Brower goals kind of just sweeps it in. Why can't he score a real goal? Why does he need to that be That is a real goal. goal. No, because he's a dirty goal scorer. He's in the net and he's he's drawing traffic. He's he's mixing it up and he's going to get a rebound there. And bounces in off his number seven. And that? then we swarm him. Then we swarm the game. him. Uh, Triad Bank is located in Frontenac. They're on Clayton Road. It's a block west of Lindbergh. Easy to get to off Highway 40, right at Lindbergh and 40. And if you're looking for a new bank, maybe it's just the services for your regular personal banking that you just don't appreciate. How they go about it. You want some friendly folks who will give you gummy bears, who will greet you at the counter. That's what we're talking about. All your banking needs, they can take care of that. And business owners, you know what it's like trying to get things approved because these bigger banks are headquartered in New York or Charlotte or L.A. and all of a sudden everything's on hold. No, these decisions are made here because it's a St. Louis-based bank. Five-star rated bank, Triad Bank, opened in 2005. So whether it's your Checking, savings, personal banking you need to get done, or a business owner looking to do more, commercial loans, whatever it happens to be, triadbanking.com is the website, and stop by and see them right there on Clayton Road across the street from Plaza Front. Tannehill, last shot, back to throw. Ryan Tannehill, number 17. I missed that. We need to play that once a week just for <laughs> just for the hell of it. Sammy Blay, shot on goal, <laughs> Blues game win winner. The cup. Blues. Okay, let's go home. First time in 52 years. Blues did, win it did all. Did we ever find the Harry Carey? Like, and the Cardinals have won the World Series. We'll be back. No, and, I tried finding it. I never you, could find that audio. I did hear that. For a guy who is known for his bombacity and just character, it's the most routine of calls, and it's the 67 words. And the Cardinals have won the World Series. This World Series brought to you by Valvoline. It was like just uh, matter friends of fact. Dick. We'll yeah. be right back. Ball game's over. All right, we'll be back. It is the coveted hour. Clearly, a lot to get to on the uh, midday grind.